everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. Ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome to Testimony in a National Religious Broadcasters Convention Special 2021 held at the beautiful Gaylord Resort in Grapevine, Texas, co-founder and CEO of Real Work Studios, 35-year entertainment industry veteran, director, writer, producer, and musician in his latest, soon-to-be-released, which we will talk about today, The Mulligan, starring the beloved and iconic entertainer Pat Boone and actor Eric Close of American Sniper, and all based on the novel by pro golfer Wally Armstrong and internationally acclaimed writer and business consultant of the One Minute Manager fame, Ken Blanchard. Rick Eldridge, Pat Boone, welcome to Testimony. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's good to be here. It's great to have you After here. After that great introduction, I think I'm going to retire. <laughs> Ahead of the game. Well, it's going to be a challenge to get in all that you two have done. Your list of credentials are off the charts, and it's a real honor uh, for me and for testimony to have you here today. So thank you for that. Now, um, I want to go to you, Rick, first. You recently were nominated for five awards. We interviewed right. you on this a couple of years ago when we last spoke, starring Academy Award-winning Cloris Leachman of Blessed Memory, uh, Corbin Burnson, Melissa Gilbert, and others, just to name a few. And now with your latest, The Mulligan, due for release in 2022, in concert with Christian Cinema Streaming Services. Would you talk about how all of this came about, your relationship with Pat Boone, <laughs> the mulligan, and all of it together. Please tell me that story. Well, it's a great story. Uh, Wally Armstrong, uh, the touring pro who had the book along with Ken Blanchard, uh, you know, it was a, a, a God-ordained thing where I had actually one of my production development people for when we last spoke, who happened to be up in the mountains with his wife's college roommate, uh, whose father happened to be the president of Arnold Palmer Half and Half Food Brand. And uh, so he is a good friend of Wally's. So he hands my production coordinator a book and says, you need to give this to your boss, Rick, because I think he'd like this story. And so I, you know, he, sure enough, brought it back and gave me the book. Two weeks later, I'm down in Orlando and uh, I'm playing golf with a friend and we come off the golf course and Wally Armstrong's on his way on the golf course. And so I hadn't seen Wally in 20 years. Wow. So it was another, just a God thing. And Wally says, Rick, how are you doing? And I said, Wally, I just got your book. <laughs> and, uh, and then Wally said, well, we need to make a movie. And I said, yes, we do. <laughs> and so that was the beginning of that. And uh, as far as Pat, uh, you know, when you do a movie, you work with a casting director and the casting director gives you a list of, you know, kind of a wish list of, 10 names maybe, you know, and you, you go through that list and you rank them however you want to. And, you know, sometimes they're not available. Sometimes they're too expensive or sometimes they just don't resonate with the story or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I had one name 
when it came to this one, as I was reading the book, uh, the only thing that came to my mind was Pat Boone to play the role of the old pro. And he's this mystical character who becomes a mentor to our principal character, Paul, in the movie and uh, really helps usher him through a lot of the stuff that's happening in his life and uh, to a do-over or a mulligan or a second chance, which is what a mulligan is. Uh, you hit a bad shot and they just say, oh, take another one and you try it again. Mm -hmm. But uh, this, uh, in this case, the old pro uh, was able to offer Paul a do-over in life. And uh, so that's the kind of the crux of the story. But uh, I immediately thought of Pat and I'd known Pat from some previous relationships and we'd, we'd been on a couple programs together over the years out in Hollywood. And, and so I, I had one name on my list and, and, uh, and we got it. <laughs> <laughs> he knew I liked to play golf and, <laughs> yeah. and, um, and that I am something at times of a mentor, which is what this man is, the, the old pro I play. I was thrilled to play an old pro an accomplished, celebrated golfer. <laughs> I've never been that. So it's real acting. <laughs> but I do play golf, and I love the game. Well, Pat Boone, at the young age of 87, if I have that correct. That's you, right. <laughs> you've had a legendary television, radio, music career, not to mention author of over 26 books, 2,300 songs, Gospel Music Hall of Fame, three Hollywood stars. Uh, the list goes on. There's no stopping you. And now, at this year's NRB Convention 2021, you are being awarded a first for this organization, the International Christian Visual Media shortened up ICVM Legacy mm -hmm. and Legendary Awards for your movie, Cross and the Switchblade. Please talk about that, <laughs> what that means to you, please. You mean this incredible award? Yeah, I, you did some great homework because not many people know I had three stars. Everybody gets excited about a star. You know, major celebrities come along and they make a big deal. Uh, and and a, a friend of mine says, Pat Boone doesn't have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He has three. But, but actually, it's only two now because they were, they were putting an underground <laughs> railway under Hollywood. And they did it eventually, but then some of Hollywood Boulevard collapsed for a while and they, they took up all the sidewalk and one of my stars vanished. But I still have two stars. And, um, and I sometimes bring family or relative people that come to town to see me. Where's your star? <laughs> and I said, my stars? Yeah, yeah, and I take them around and we take pictures with my star. So of course that's, you know, that's fun. But there's, I don't know how many, scores and scores, if not hundreds of stars. So I'm just one of those. But this award tonight is a first. It's a first for me in a way, and it's, it's the first time this award will have been given. And I'm trying to think if I've ever received an award that to me, or an honor, that means as much or more, and I can't think of one. Wow. Because even though I've had done two Royal Command performances with the Queen of England, and I've appeared and been chummy with a number of presidents, and, and received, you know, uh, various types of awards. Um, this one has to do with my life, not just my career. Right. And that's why, it's, that's why they're giving it, really. 
is because somebody who's had success in, in movies, television, in my case records as well, 2,300 songs that I've recorded, more than Frank Sinatra or Bing Crosby, but through it all have maintained a Christian reputation and thankfully it's not just a reputation, it's really my life. <laughs> and with my wife and, and four daughters and who we raised in Hollywood, California, who married Christian guys, gave us 16 grandkids, now 10 great-grandkids. My wife went to heaven two years ago, but we're still married. She's always going to be my wife and she's waiting for me. We're going to be together soon. It probably won't be too long now, Well, but uh, who knows, but I, I just, at this point, want God to use my life, just use me up, just use me in whatever way he can and wants to. But I marvel at the ways he has used me because for this film to come up at this age, for Rick to want me alone to do this film, I hadn't done a film. Well, actually I'd been in part of several family Christian themed films. I was in God's Not Dead 2 and a couple of other films, but you know, minor roles, important, but not lead roles. But this one is co-star with Eric Close and, and Tanya, Tanya Christensen. Christensen. Yep. And so it's a, it's a big deal at a time in my life when actually more people my age are not even around anymore. <laughs> you are an incredible inspiration. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you're listening to the legendary Pat Boone and director Rick Eldridge of Real Works Studios, their latest soon to be released, The Mulligan. Question for you both. The game of golf, my husband is a golfer, tells me that you know a man's character when you play golf with him. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that? Well, the, uh, the, the, the game of golf does require uh, you follow certain rules. And, uh, you know, uh, in, the, in the movie Bobby Jones, which I produced 20 years ago, there's a very famous scene where uh, Bobby's down in a kind of a, a trench and uh, nobody's seeing him, but it's a big tournament and he's, uh, he's about to win the championship. And he addresses his ball, and the move, and the ball moves, and uh, nobody sees it. But him. and he didn't move it. It just no, it just it. did. And so he calls the official over, and he says, uh, "Official, I think that my ball has moved." And uh, the official says, "Well, nobody saw that." And he says, "Yes, but I did." And so they call one of the other officials over. They call Walter Hagen over, who he's playing against, and they said, uh, "You know, Mr. Jones says that his ball moved." Nobody saw it move. Uh, what do we want to do about it? And, uh, and, and they look at Bobby again, and Bobby says, well, I know it did, which means I deserve a penalty. Yikes. Because that's the way the game is played. Oh. And, of course, then the official says, well, you're to be commended, son. And he says, well, that's like congratulating somebody for robbing a bank. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's all about golf. It's an honor system. Yeah. And you play the game with honor and with dignity. It's a gentleman's game. Uh, the mulligan is, is grace. You know, many times, uh, it usually happens on the first tee because you're not loosened up, you're not warmed up really good, and you, you might just hit it and it shanks off over into the woods. And sometimes a gentleman will say, you know, Rick, you're not quite warmed up yet. Go ahead and hit another one. And that's grace. That's to say, okay, I'm going to let you go again here. And uh, you get a do-over, yeah. and, uh, and so that's uh, that's kind of where golf is. That's what, kind of what it's all about. Mm -hmm. yeah. And and then the the movie deals with and the story 
with the fact that we all need mulligans or do-overs in our lives. And only God or Jesus himself can, can extend what's called unmerited favor to, to you when you have really messed up. Like when David, King David, became a murderer and an adulterer. Yeah. And he, he fell before God and said, against you and you only have I sinned. Well, he hadn't been too hospitable to Uriah either, <laughs> who, no. he, who he had killed. Right. But, but he knew his main sin was against God, his father. And so God, through the prophet, forgave him. But there was still a consequence. The, the son of that union with Bathsheba died, mm -hmm. even though David fasted and prayed to try to save his life and said, take me instead. Mm -hmm. But no. There's a penalty to be paid, but I forgive you. And he was still a man after God's own heart because he could humble himself and did and pray and said, you know, I, I welcome, I will receive any kind of punishment you want me to have. I'm guilty. Well, God, that touches God's heart. And so when uh, in this film, uh, I try to, in my character, as an old golfer and a mentor to this hot shot who is arrogant, egotistical, and an atheist. <laughs> nice combination. Tough case. <laughs> a tough case. And I'm recommended by Tom Lehman, who is one of the still practicing successful golfers out there, and a big guy. He plays in a celebrity tournament with this uh, uh, kind of arrogant guy who thinks he's a good golfer, but he keeps messing up. And people who see this film are going to enjoy this so much because this guy keeps making so many misses and messes and getting madder and madder till he finally blows it, breaks his putter over his knee and throws it in the trap. And this big guy you don't mess with, named Tom Lehman, says something that people will remember when they see this film afterwards. You're not good enough to get this mad. Wow. You don't have, you're not entitled <laughs> to get this mad. Your game doesn't entitle you to get, get this mad. mad. <laughs> and really brings the guy down. He says, if you're ever gonna play on this, tour with us again, you better get with this old pro. My character's name is Will Dunn, because he helps us with our temperament and our tempers and our emotions and the way they affect our golf. And so reluctantly he comes to see me and when he finds out that I'm going to delve into his character, he's not happy about it and he excuses himself and leaves. But, and I don't think this is telling you too much, as he leaves me I say, look, when you get ready to get serious, I'll be here. Uh, so you're not serious yet, so I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> and eventually he does come back, and the story takes hold of you after that. Because the guy needs changing uh, in real life. But I'm offering him spiritual and human means, including the mulligan, which is a good parable. You need a second chance. You need a do-over. I can't tell you, of course, the whole story, but it's human, it's funny, it's emotional. Every golfer in America is going to want to see the film. That's a lot of people. So I think you've got a successful film. Amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you're listening to the legendary Pat Boone and director Rick Eldridge. They're soon to be released, The Mulligan. Uh, gentlemen, in our remaining time here today, um, talk about how faith is incorporated in The Mulligan. Uh, it seems everyone is striving today. They're so busy. Mm -hmm. uh, they're climbing the corporate ladder. Uh, as Ken Blanchard uh, may be able to allude to, an extremely successful businessman and entrepreneur, and at the end of the day, you're home, you're alone, no one's around you, now what? 
Talk about that individual listening right now, how this movie, The Mulligan, will kind of make sense of everything and maybe give a different perspective on life itself. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting that you say that because the, uh, the character Paul, after hearing all that he's heard and experiencing all he's experiencing, uh, and, uh, and I'll say this too, he, he has uh, the relationship with his son, which is kind of dis distraught and his son you know, hates him, you know, hadn't been around him you know, that long, has been busy making his business work and not paying attention to his son. And, and the same with his wife, uh, you know, leaving her. And so you've got all of these B stories and C stories that are intertwined, which really bring the whole family into the story. But Paul, after hearing all of this and dealing with all of this adversity and all these things in his life, uh, is alone. And he's in his car hmm. and he's crying out to God. And, uh, and he realizes, you know, he, he could have a billion dollars and he could have a fancy car and he could have the persona of everything that he is but there was a big hole missing in his heart. And he found mm -hmm. that uh, the only way he could, he could receive that was to, uh, to, to ask God for a mulligan, <laughs> for a do-over. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. it does happen, uh, but when he decides to get real and to realize that, you know, here I am all alone by myself and I have nobody else to turn to. Wow. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's, it's at that point uh, of the story, it's a climactic point of the story actually, where he's, uh, you know, he, he is crying out to God. Talk about some of the sponsors who have come along to help make this movie, The Mulligan, happen. We're really excited to have uh, a lot of the icons of golf involved. Uh, Ping, uh, the company, if you ever play golf, you know Ping Clubs. Uh, they provided us a lot of, you know, clothing and, and golf clubs and so did Titleist, uh, the company. and. Uh, Foot we uh, Foot Joy, the shoe company. Uh, oh. We have uh, you know the uh, Arnold Palmer Drink Company. Uh, uh, going back to yep. uh, Arnold Palmer's uh, Drink Company that kind of introduced us back to the book. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the Payne Stewart Foundation. Uh, they have a kids program where the old pro, and this is another kind of side story of the movie, where the old pro gives a lot of his time away to help troubled kids through the game of golf, again, teaching the values of life through golf. And so there are, there's several scenes where he's teaching these kids to play and uh, you know, working with them along the way. And uh, that's incorporated into our story and it's the Payne Stewart Kids Golf Program. And uh, so that's again, incorporated in the story in a great way mm -hmm. and, uh, and becomes a, a part of the whole major turning port for Paul as well. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you're listening to director Rick Eldridge and the iconic Pat Boone. We need an hour with you to talk about all of your accomplishments. Unfortunately, uh, we don't have that today. I want to uh, touch upon your faith. Both of you are highly accomplished, obviously. You're both born-again, spirit-filled Christians who love Jesus, who made a decision early on to follow Christ. And if we ever needed a message today for the millennials out there that are searching, seeking, they have no role models. They're looking for uh, faith in film and film is out there everywhere. Talk about the importance of uh, what you're doing, Rick, in the film industry to really leave a legacy of impact. Your uh, When We Last Spoke, now nominated for five ICVM awards tonight. Well, I think uh, when you look at, uh, and this is how kind of I approach my stories, and 
you know, I, along with several other people, have written a lot of the screenplays that we use. Uh, but uh, a really impactful thing for me was reading the scriptures and watching the life of Jesus. And, uh, you know, Payne Stewart wore a little band that said, what would Jesus do? That's right. And, uh, and, and so that's kind of how I approached my stories. What, what kind of people would Jesus reach out to? Who would he try to, to touch with his life and with the example he could be? And I think all of us need to do all we can do to, to, to live like Jesus. And, and so uh, in the scriptures, I find that he was a great storyteller. And many times somebody would try to stump him with a question and then come up and say, well, what about this? And he would immediately go into a story. Mm -hmm. And about halfway through the story, the guy would say, no, wait a minute, he's talking about me. <laughs> and, uh, and, but through that parable or that story, uh, he was able to, without preaching, without you know, beating anybody over the head with anything, he was able to very practically give a story of the gospel. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and meet the need of that individual. And that's how I approach my filmmaking. Amen and amen. Well, you're brilliant at it. Uh, your films you. are absolutely wonderful and these uh, honors um, duly deserved. Oh, so Pat Boone to you. Um, obviously, you're not only a legend uh, in the entertainment industry, you didn't even start out to be an entertainer. I no. think if I read Correctly, you wanted to be a teacher. I was going to be and a teach teacher, Greek. preacher, yeah. Yeah. My teacher role models, they were also preachers, yeah. And so God, by his sovereign design, just catapulted you, and you've been faithful. I probably, you probably knew I wouldn't be a good preacher. <laughs> <laughs> but you played one in uh, uh, The Cross and the Switchblade. You played the role of David, David Wilkerson. Wilkerson. A great preacher, yeah. A exactly. And that film, I mean... It, it was miraculous in it in that in that it occurred at all, and in the filming we experienced many miracles because we were filming in Harlem and Fort Greene, the Bronx, really already gang-ridden, drug drug-filled places, and the police they would allow us to do it. They couldn't prevent us from filming there, but they said, "Don't don't expect us to protect you. You're on your own." <laughs> and I would take a taxi from Midtown Manhattan up to Harlem. 116th Street, way up there in the depth of Harlem where we were going to be filming in the streets. And the cabbie would say, what are you going there for? And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, making a movie. I'm part of a movie being, well, he said, look, I, when we get close, I'm going to tell you what you owe me. And I'm going to pull up to the curb and swing the door open. And you hop out and I'm gone. I don't want to sit there at the curb. Wow. <laughs> because otherwise he's afraid he might get jumped on by a mob or something. Well, that didn't make me feel great. I had to get out and stay there. And then we filmed mm. in the streets and the alleys and the basements and the tenements where all the story actually happened. In fact, when we were doing a, a scene with uh, Eric Estrada, who was playing Nicky Cruz, right. and uh, in that scene where I, I tell him that uh, you can cut me into 100 pieces I tell, Wilkerson tells Nikki Cruz, and every piece will tell you Jesus loves you. And, and Cruz slapped Wilkerson hard. Well, Eric Estrada, he'd not done much acting yet. And we're in that tenement basement, and we're rehearsing, and he slaps me. And then, <laughs> and then we rehearse, and he slaps me again. And the, the, the director says, wait a minute, this is just rehearsal. Eric. You didn't sign up <laughs> for this. My face is getting welted, my teeth are getting loose. <laughs> And, uh, and he says, just hold That's your funny. punches, you know, until at least we're filming. 
And so, and I know I had to keep from flinching ahead of time, knowing what, no, when I said my words, what was going to happen to me. <laughs> And, That's funny. and so Eric tried his best not to hit me too hard, but but he did. And then we we filmed the scene, and we didn't know it, but in a back alley, uh, not an alley, but a corridor, in this basement deep in Harlem, uh, Dave Wilkerson was watching us film. It was the first time he'd visited the set, and when we finished it, he came out. He said, "That is exactly the way it happened." Wow. He said, "I, I felt like I was deja vu." I was, and said, "Who told you about this place?" We said, what place? This place where you're filming. Don Murray had gone scouted Harlem to find a building that had a basement where they could turn it into the Mau Mau headquarters. And he chose this one. He said, who told you? And, and told us what? He said, this is the place where it happened. In this mm. build, this basement, this is where this happened. Mm. And so God, you know, we had goosebumps because <laughs> we knew God was guarding us. So after that, you know, we, we relaxed, felt like God's protecting us, even if the cabbies won't. But but we had that sense of of God's hand on us as we filmed the film. And when I was preaching as as Dave Wilkerson, um, even when I didn't get slapped, <laughs> it was quite a uh, undertaking. The one thing that was very disappointing was that the film was largely funded by the American Baptists. Well, once the film was done. Joe Levine's, who was the top distributor, he had just done the, was distributing The Graduate with Dustin Hoffman and other films, cigar-smoking, tough Jewish guy. And somebody brought him the film because we were looking for distribution. I wasn't there, of course, but, and, and his associates were laughing, hiding their faces, but wait till he sees this, he's gonna only watch about 30 seconds of this film. But they put the film on and Joe sat there and his cigar went out and and he sat there jumping out all the way through the end of the film when they turned up the lights. I like this film, let's do it. I wow. said, you like this film? Tough, tough old Jewish, uh, <laughs> this, and, and he said, yeah, I like this film. And I think it'll be successful, let's do it. But the American Baptist would not accept him as the distributor. Mm. So wow. it never had theatrical distribution. Mm. Joe Levine would have put the film in every theater in America. That's what's wrong with the church. Yeah. I would love more time. Thank you so much for being with us today on Testimony. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to CEO and co-founder of Real Work Studios, director, writer, producer, musician, filmmaker, and 35-year entertainment veteran, Rick Eldridge, whose upcoming sure-to-be hit, The Mulligan, starring beloved, iconic entertainer Pat Boone, is a must-see. You can learn more about Rick's work, ministry, and mission by visiting realworkstudio.net and mulliganmovie.com. You will be blessed inspired and given hope that you did. Rick and Pat, what an absolute joy to once again uh, hear uh, about your five-time nominated ICVM International Christian Visual Media Awards and Legacy uh, Award for you and Legendary Award as well, Pat Boone. Uh, we look forward to all that God is going to do with this movie, The Mulligan. We thank you, God bless you, and much success. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensen Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. 
Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.